Let me, let's talk about something here. Have you ever seen this saying? Have you ever seen this saying? I've seen it on people's walls. I've seen they make plaques out of it and people put it on their walls. You know, we put lots of things on our walls. Friends hang their hearts here. Bless this house. Uh, we've got one in our family room that says, I don't know what it all says. How about that? I've looked at it a lot of times. It says laugh and bless and forgive and hug and all the kind of good stuff, you know? So this says live every moment, laugh every day, and love beyond words. But that's not what I want to talk about, not in that order tonight. You ever heard of this guy? Anybody ever heard of Clay Walker? All right, I did not hear about Clay Walker until I put this lesson together. Okay? Apparently, Clay wrote a song or sings a song that says, Live, Laugh, Love. So I pulled up the lyrics. Anybody want to sing part of that for me? What it sounds like? I didn't really listen to it. Live, laugh, love. I don't know. Has he got a little twang to him? No? Okay. His, the chorus of the song says, I'm going to live, laugh, love just for today. Going to take all the trouble that tomorrow might bring and put it away. Going to drink every drop of happiness till they cover me up. I'm going to live, going to laugh, going to love. Is that the words? Is that the right thing? If you get cold, just wave your hand. And Johnny Ty's in charge of the air conditioning. He'll be freezing you out tonight. So I want to talk about, I want to switch it to this. I'm going to laugh, I'm going to love, and I'm going to live. Okay? That's the title of this lesson tonight. I'm going to laugh, I'm going to love, and I'm going to live. And I, I sent out the text today because if you're, if you're a Christian, be a happy Christian. I'm going to, I'm going to try to help you. Can you be a Christian and be a stress-free Christian? Can we be a Christian and be a non-worrying Christian? Man, this is, I mean, somebody better break out the Benadryl. We're starting to break out in hives. So I want to talk to you about this. Are you enjoying the journey of your life? Are you enjoying the journey of your life? We're all here. We're stuck in our bodies. We're going to have our bodies for in, for until, from death until we leave in, in death. This past year, I have become a grandfather. I can't even hardly spell grandfather, let alone I am one. When I think of grandfathers, I think of my grandfathers back in the 60s and 70s, Brother Vernie. They were old and decrepit and had... No, I mean, I shouldn't even... I should have said Frankie. Well, you don't look 70, Brother Vernie. Is it the Brother Vernie? He don't look 70, does he? No. Hey, let's give Brother Vernie a hand. That's a good-looking 70. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I'm not 70. Hey, Johnny, can you turn the air up one notch on each one of those, go higher? I don't want to freeze everybody out. So now I'm a grandpa. I, I didn't realize 
that a grandpa could be so young, but then I think of some of my family, they were grandpas 10, 15 years younger than I am. But anyhow, are you enjoying your life? Are you enjoying walking through this journey called life? The truth is, God wants you to enjoy life every day. Do you know it? If you didn't, or maybe you just aren't sure whether God approves of people enjoying their lives, God wants you to enjoy your life. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be content. God wants you to be uh, satisfied. God doesn't want you to worry. Man. God doesn't want you to fear or fret. John chapter 10, verse 10, the Amplified says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, that they may have and enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now you say, well, pastor, you probably, you probably can be and have a happy life because you don't have any stress. Probably not. Maybe I do. Maybe, I, maybe there's times that I have to go to the chiropractor because my right arm is throbbing in dull pain and needles going through it and sometimes it goes to sleep because the muscles in the back of my neck between my shoulder blade and my spine go like this. Maybe I have some stress. Well, Pastor, you know you... You're pretty rich. You drive around town all day. Listen, not everybody can do that job. Not everybody gets to do that job. Oh, I've had bills to pay. I've had, I've had the power shut off. I had the power shut off one time for 86 bucks. And I called them up and I said, hey, I think the power shut off. They said, yes. We haven't heard from you in like Three months. I said, I haven't got any bills. I hadn't even thought about it. I'm just sitting at home one afternoon, and the the lights go out, and the ceiling fan starts going real slow. I said, well, how much do I owe? I haven't even seen the bill. They said, $86. I said, I'll bring it over. Amen. No, I've had struggles. I've had bad reports from the doctor. I've had the doctor look at me and say, we can treat the symptoms, but we can't cure the disease. I've had that. So, Jesus wants to give us overflowing life. How do we do that? The scripture is absolutely amazing because it clearly tells us that God doesn't want us to just be alive, but he wants us to enjoy being alive. God doesn't want it to just be a routine where you get up, you go get ready, you go to work, you work, you come home, you do do supper, you do the dishes, you help the kids with school. You know, you got kids giving baths and stuff, you put everybody to bed. You get up and you do the whole thing again. It's just a routine, day in, day out, day in, day out. God wants us to enjoy. He wants us to have abundant, overflowing life. So we're learning how to live life. We want to learn how to live it more abundantly. We want to enjoy this journey. Anybody want to enjoy the journey? My desire as a student of the Word, you know, Kevin, I'm a student of the Word. I've been a student of the Word 39 years. I want to help people realize and learn that 
the life that Jesus died and gave us can be a good life. We have a radio broadcast. I call it the journey because it's a journey of life. Life's a journey. All right? I just discovered a few weeks ago a discount website for colognes. Why do you me like that, Teresa? You know colognes that you spray on yourself so you smell good? You know, because I don't want to smell bad. And so what I did was, I don't know if anybody else thinks like this or not, but I can smell a cologne on someone, and it reminds me of a certain time in my life when that cologne first came out. Does anybody else do that, or is it just me? I'm a weird enough person that I think, you know what? I have lived on the day that I'm going to die in the future. Anybody ever thought like that? Come on. Has anybody thought that? Have you ever thought about, I wonder what day I'm going to die? Nobody? Okay. All right, I did. I have. I don't know which one it is. All right. So anyway, I found this website, and man, so I am, I'm, I'm buying this cologne. I'm buying six ounces of cologne for 40 bucks. And you think, what is it? It's not, it's not English leather. Not Old Spice. You ever heard of Obsession? Okay. Obsession. That reminds me of a certain time in my journey. We each have a different time in our journey. So I get this bottle in, and man, the next morning, I take a shower, and I mean, I'm spraying up. Oh, man. Man, that reminds me of 30-some years ago. And I don't say anything to anybody. Macy comes by. You know, the mean nursery worker. The mean nursery worker tonight. And I'm like, she said, what do you have on? I said, called obsession. So proud of myself. She said, smells old. I said, oh, boy. Okay. So I had to go over to Mitchell's house. I had to drop something off. I was dropping something off, and, and I was taking it into his garage, and he came out. I didn't say anything to him. He said, what are you wearing? I've never smelled that before. Called obsession. He said, smells old. Wow. Wow. But it's all right because I saw Justice Brewer and she came up and hugged me and she said, oh, pastor, you smell good. And I said, amen, Sister Justice, amen. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the journey. So we, we can take colognes and identify, you know, after, after obsession came eternity, you know? Does, anybody know. does anybody realize that? Listen, when you dress up in suits a lot and you're around a lot of people, you always wear cologne. And so eternity was the next one. Well, eternity's being shipped right now. I'm waiting for Aqua de Gio to go on sale, about 60%. Also, I can grab some of that and some polo black. Amen. But anyway, I'm enjoying the journey. You can enjoy your journey. 
You can enjoy life. Life doesn't have to be a burden. And I've learned on my journey, my life's journey, that if I don't have joy, okay, if I don't have joy, then no matter what I have or, what, or how, how great the circumstances may be in my life, it's really all just vain. It's all just vanity. You've got to learn, and we have to learn. I'm saying to us and we, us, us, him and her, and he, she, and it, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm saying that we have to have joy. And you have to learn how to rest in God. Okay? You have to learn how to rest in God. There's a scripture, I didn't put it up there, but Paul said this, he said, I found that whatsoever state I find myself, to therewith be content. Find your contentment. Find your joy. Everything is all vanity, but you're going to have to have joy. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14 in the King James says this, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. This is Solomon writing, wisest man in the world to ever live. The, today's English version says, I have seen everything done in this world, and I tell you, it is all useless. It is like chasing the wind. Okay? So, people build empires while they're here on earth. They build empires. They accumulate. They collect. They buy. They sell. And what is, what is precious to them is going to go to someone else that is not as precious to them. You see what I'm saying? All right. Do you, do you remember when, if you're old enough, you cleaned out your parents' house after they went to the nursing home or passed away or something? And you wonder why they had all these mason jars. We had, I, I guarantee you, we had a half a dumpster of mason jars at my mom and dad's house. Mason jars. Or why they had this. Because what was precious to them wasn't precious really to us. And so Solomon says, all is vanity and all is vexation of the spirit. And so what God does is God put, gives life to us and he gives us friends and he gives us associations and he gives us relationships and he gives us people in church and he gives us family and he gives us, and some people don't really have a natural family and become closer to their spiritual family, their church family, than their natural family. All right? I was in a church years ago and a lady there, she came from a very prominent family. If I named the town, you would know where it was at. If I named the name of the family, you probably have heard of them before. But she came from a very affluent family in the community. The affluent family did not go to a spirit-filled church. They went to a more traditional Protestant church. She was not satisfied there. Her husband and her were having great marriage problems. And long story short, they ended up in a Pentecostal, apostolic, Holy Ghost church. They ended up full of the Holy Ghost and... Her family was not happy about that. All right? And so, long story short, this woman was written out of her mother's will because she went to the wrong church. She was written out of the will in the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's a lot of money. But her marriage was saved. And her and her husband grew up, or got old together, being grandpa and grandma to many, many grandchildren. And they were content and happy in life. 
Money's not going to make you happy. Money's not, and things aren't going to make you happy. Can I give you a, a good word, a good investment advice right now? Okay? You want some good investment advice? Go buy storage units. <laughs> You're saying, Pastor, are you crazy? If I could afford 1,500 of them, I would. You know why? Because some people think things are going to make them happy. And I'll challenge you. Go, go into some storage units and go through there and see how many of them do not have locks on them. There's a storage complex that I went through just the other day. See, you think I'm, I, you know I'm weird now. I go through storage units. I went through the whole storage unit facility, and only one did not have a lock. And there were about 45 units there. And they're making 90 bucks, 50 to 90 bucks per unit. Because people think things are going to make them happy. It's joy. It's, it's contentment in our hearts. It's learning how to rest in God. Solomon said, life is like chasing the wind. Amen? So how do you get the joy of the Lord? Jesus tells us that if we abide, everybody say the word abide. Abide. If we abide in him, we will experience God's will for our lives and everything he has will be ours. You've got to learn how to abide. Okay? John chapter 15 is where that's found. John chapter 15, verse 7. Mitchell, do you like my new cologne I bought? Okay. Told you. Maybe you'll like the next one that's coming. Yeah. Actually, that's a good thing. Because if they don't like it, they won't use it. So it'll last me longer, and I won't have to hide it. Man. John chapter 15, verse 7. King James, if you abide in me, this is Jesus talking, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Now, that word abide, down here at the bottom, comes from the Greek word meno, meno, meno. It comes from the strong number 3306, if you want to look it up. It's a primary verb, and it means to stay. To stay in a given place, a state, a relation, or expectancy. If we stay in God, if we stay in his word, God will bring joy to us. If we stay, ever heard this phrase, stay where you're planted? Grow where you're planting. All right? I know, you know, people, a lot, of, a lot of people don't do it around here. Brother Lewis is from Houston. There's hundreds of churches in Houston that are spirit-filled, and people just bounce from church to church. First of all, that causes confusion. That causes confusion in your kids, if you have kids. Okay? Because it doesn't give them time to settle. And what, what are we talking about? We're talking about abiding. We're talking about staying. You stay in a spot, and you put your roots down, and you grow, and you flourish, and you produce fruit. 
right? So he wants us to produce fruit, like Sister Peg was talking about. She was producing fruit as she's talking to these folks, as she's ministering to these folks. And so we stay in a given place or in a state or in a relation. We stay there. Jesus said, if you stay in me and my word, words stay in you, how about that? If you stay in me and my words stay in you, you shall ask whatever and it shall be done. The next verse, if you keep my commandments, you shall stay in my love. Even as I have kept the Father's commandments and stay in his love. Stay. You just got to stay. Stay where you're planted and grow. Anybody been ever born into a family? Wow. We all have been born somewhere. All right? FedEx wasn't around for most of us to be delivered by them. We got delivered by the stork. Right? You're born into a family. What do you do when you're born into that family? You stay. Right? You stay. I haven't seen one four- or six-month-old or year-old kid or the terrible twos. Our, t- our kids weren't too bad at two. It was three. When they hit three, they went nuts. Three. They were just lunatics at three. It was like, wow. You know, we, were, we had Megan, and, you know, she came up, and she went through the terrible twos, and we thought, this isn't too bad. This isn't too bad. And man, she hit three, and we looked at each other and like, what in the world did we just do? What happened? Then her world got rocked when her brother came along. Her brother, Freddie. He wanted to name Mitchell Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. But you stay. You stay in the family. It's the same way in the kingdom. You're born into a family, the kingdom of God, and you stay there and you grow. But people abort that. People, people stop that. People, as soon as they can, they go and they either maybe go to a different church. Maybe they're going to go to a different pastor. Maybe they, they're not getting fed there. And, and there are situations where you go to churches and you don't get fed. Amen? I mean, I've talked to people that have been in this church that, that has quit coming and they weren't going anywhere. And I said, please, let me help you. I'll help you get to another church. I'll, I'll talk to the pastor. I'll get you set up. And I said, I just want you to go grow. I don't want you to stay home and be malnourished. Because you've got to feed your spirit, man. Boy, is this all right? Is this making sense? And so you've got to abide in life. And that's what he was saying. We've got to abide. Abiding means making Jesus the most important person in your life. Living and remaining in him and making everything in life revolve around him. Okay. Do you know why I still am here pastor in this church? Because God has not let me go. Really? Really? I got the blue state blues. 
It seems like everywhere I live, it's a blue state. Grew up in Maryland, that was a blue state. I live in Illinois, that's a blue state. Now, I was in Texas for a while, and that's a red state. And the state that I want to go to is blue. Blue water all around it. Oh, yes, blue water. Amen. But I can't because God put me here and said, I want you to start this church and pastor this church. So here we are. So if, if a church comes open in, in Florida or Timbuktu or, or Maine or Alaska and they want you to come pastor, guess what? I'm going to have to do some praying and seeking the Lord because this is what I was called to do. And I cannot leave until I'm released by him. You see what I'm saying? And so um, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's the same way in your life. Don't just make a decision in your life, whether it's a business decision, whether it's a relocation decision, or a, a relationship decision, without first consulting at the Lord. Make the Lord the number one priority. That's the first thing that people need to, talk, need to consider is, oh, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to blow your minds, okay? Especially those of you who are single. Guess what? There were some girls I did not date because they didn't love the Lord. So they didn't get dated by me. They're lost, Allie. They lost. Why are you like that, Pastor? It's because the Bible says to not be unequally yoked together. Right? So if you're a Christian, you need to marry a Christian. What's well, quiet? I can hear the air conditioner stuck in the air. Amen. Because I tell you what, if, if they're not a Christian before you get married, chances are they're not going to be a Christian after you get married. Because then they have you. Oh, one pastor was in a counseling session with a young lady, and this young lady was wanting to marry this guy that was in the, not in church. He never came to church. He was out in what we call the world, right? And she just had to have him. Boy, she just like, oh, pastor, he's going to change. I'm going to marry him, and he's going to be the most awesome thing. It's just like, you know, French fries and sliced bread. And, you know, you know those loaves of French bread at Walmart for a dollar, and they're sliced and they're real soft, and you're like you can eat like six of them at a time, a whole loaf? So what they've started doing in my house is they've started, ugh, I don't know what happened. They start taking these, and they start smearing butter on them, and then they garlic salt them, and then they put mozzarella cheese on them, and then they melt all that in the oven. And it is not right. And I'm going to tell you, I can eat about 12 of them. That's why I look like I do on screen. Okay, and so this, this girl's like, man, he's going to be like garlic mozzarella bread, Pastor. He's going to be awesome. And the pastor said, no, I'm not, I don't think that you should marry him because he's not a Christian. And she said, I'm going to marry him. And he said, okay, fine. He said, then you can cry. You can either cry now and get rid of him and cry because you don't have him, or you can cry later when you can't get rid of him. How about that? 
Is that putting the Lord first? I was telling Macy. I said, Macy, if you want a godly man, here's how you do it. Don't even think about men. Give your relationship to the Lord and treat the Lord like he's your husband. Give him all the attention like you're the wife and he's the husband. And you know what the Lord will do? The Lord will bring the man that he wants to you. Don't try to do it yourself. Just let the Lord do it. That's putting Jesus as the most important person, thing in your life. Living and remaining in him. And making every part of your life revolve around what does he want? What does his word say? Then we'll bear the fruit of a godly life, and that's when God's true joy is released in us. It's easy to see that focusing on Jesus has so many benefits. For one, when we are paying attention to him, we won't be focused on the problems of the world. A lot of times we give too much focus and attention to what's not good and right. You know, there are people that are scared to death of this virus thing. Especially if they watch the news 24-7. Okay? Do you know how many people die from the flu every year? Influenza A. Influenza B. How many? Oh, or more, millions. Millions of people die. You get a flu shot, and it's a roll of the dice. It's playing bingo. It's B4, you know, O32 or whatever. Because here's the problem. They don't know what strain is going to be prevalent for that season. So you could get a flu shot for one strand of the flu virus, and it not be the one that's in, the whole other one may be going around the country. But what are we feeding our minds? We're feeding fear. We're feeding, we're feeding this is happening. This person's dying. This person has it. You know, 20 to 50 million people a year get the flu. 20 to 50 million people a year. Do you remember? Do we remember back last fall? Was it last fall? Was it November, December when, like, they shut down Brownstown School because everybody had the flu? Wasn't that this year, this past year? It was in January or February. They're shutting down schools because most everybody's homesick. Do you know what one guy said on a news show last week about when do you think this virus will end? Do you know what his reply was? The day after the election. Cotton Worley would say, Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. What are we feeding our minds? Are we paying more attention to the world than we're paying attention to Jesus? We're focused more on the problems of the world. If we do, if we put God first, we're going to be able to live in God's peace and joy. I'm talking to somebody, your life is full of fear. Your life is full of uncertainty. Your life is full of bumps. The journey is not an enjoyable journey in your life because you're not putting the Lord first. Another benefit of living this way is that it keeps us from being continually stressed out. Anybody stressed? What are you stressed for? It's all going to be there tomorrow. 
Maybe. Maybe not. It may not be. Living, are you li- anybody living in survival mode? Just trying to get through the day? Now, I got to tell on somebody. I drove, I, I drove through the north end of town today, and I couldn't get through one street because they were putting new water lines in, so I went down this alley. And I'm driving down this alley, and I thought, I don't, in, the, in the almost 30 years that I've lived in this town, I have never been down this alley. And I saw a barbecue place I've never seen before. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even know there was a barbecue place there. I'm going to have to see their menu, see what they serve. Named Andy's Barbecue. I'm like, holy smokes, there it is. Wow. Are you stressed out? Are you just trying to survive? What do we have our attention on? Are we abiding in the Lord? Or are we not abiding in the Lord? What did God say to Moses? Stand still and see my salvation and go forward. He said, stand still and go forward at the same time. What was he meaning there? He said, I want you to stand on my promises. I want you to stand on what I'm telling you, but I want you to start moving. Okay? Now, we can live stress-free if you put the Lord first. Don't wait on the when. Everybody look at the neighbor and say, when. When. When, Margo, when? When are you going to be nice to me, Margo? When? We're waiting on when, okay? So many people have this mindset that they will really be happy and enjoy life when? That's not a question. That's when. What do you mean? When they go on vacation. When, they, when the kids are older. When they get higher on the ladder of success at work. When they get married. And the list goes on and on and on. You know, people who are drunks and work all week look forward to Friday. Because they're going to stay drunk Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then go back to work on Monday, get another check working up till Friday, and start all over again. Wow. So people are just waiting on events. God wants you to have a good life on Monday. Because it's Monday. He wants you to have a good life on Saturday because it's Saturday. There's a magical port, I call, someday. Anybody ever ported out of someday? Port someday? Huh? Here's the thing about it. Where's that? Is it in South Carolina? Is it in Florida? Port someday. Someday. You know, someday when I win the lottery... Someday when I lose weight. That's why you're keeping all those clothes from 30 years ago because you think you're going back to someday. You're done. You're not going back to that. I told Amy, I said, why are you saving that? Why are you saving it? Because if you got that small, the style is not right. That style is 30 years old. It's kind of like cologne people buy. Yeah. It's out of style. It's not going to work. The port called someday. Someday it'll be better. Someday, someday. Someday is not going to happen. Today is someday. You've got to make today right. You've got to start abiding in Him. We learn to live in the moment. We have to learn to live in the moment. 
We have to enjoy what God is doing in each of us and through each of us right now and not just hope for those some days to come along. Enjoy where you're at. Enjoy it. If you're not happy with where you're at, then ask God to help you adjust. Help God to show you what is happening. What's going on. I was talking to somebody yesterday at lunch. And they were saying, you know, our kids are all grown up. And they're like, man, he said, like, we're like a whole, you know, newlywed couple again. I said, sure. You get married and you got all these dreams and desires. And then suddenly your life is interrupted by kids. And then you have to give baths. And you have to feed them. Throw diapers away. Change diapers. Get them ready for school. Send them to school. Help them do their homework. Can't hardly do that anymore with math the way it is. My Lord. I tried to help Marcus and Macy, and there's no way. No way. And then they grow up, and they graduate, and they leave. And so when everything. And so then suddenly, the two people who fell in love 20, 30 years ago find themselves, we're back to empty nest again. Now it's time to pick up on what you left off with before that first kid, or when that first kid came along. That's life. That's where the journey's at. So focus on the Lord. Learn to live in the moment, what God's given you. He's given you breath. He's given you health. He's given you a vehicle to drive. He's given you strength to drive it. Amen? Nobody had to chew your food up and spit it back in your mouth. I knew I'd wake some of you up. That's what birds do. Yeah? Now I want you to get this next point here. All right? You awake, Margo? All right. All right. God wants you to enjoy your life now, not when. Enjoy it now. If you got little kids at home, enjoy them now. Because I'm going to tell you like my dad used to tell me, and I didn't believe him. You're going to miss them when they're gone. Good Lord. You'll wish you'd, you'd, you'd even look at your wife and say, we should have had a couple more. Are you kidding me? I have said those words. When they're all leaving, when this one's going that way, and this one's going that way, and that one's... And I said, Amy, we got this big old house. We probably should have had a couple more. And then reality kicks in. Thank God we didn't. You know? Because they go, they get others, and come back. Not mentioning names. And that's all right. Because we like it like that. Parents like that. I, I used to think my dad was crazy. He said, you better enjoy them. I mean, you know, Marcus and Macy are climbing up on the, on the top of the van, and, you know, Mitchell and Megan are losing their minds because... Once Marcus and Macy came along, we did not go anywhere out. We did not go anywhere. We decided we were going to ban them. You're, you're, not, we're, you're not getting to go out until you're at least 17. I mean, we had two kids, a boy and a girl. We could go somewhere and we could eat and everybody would sit still and everybody would do the thing and stay. And no, 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 no. When Marcus and Macy came along, they'd have to stand up in their high chairs in a restaurant and they'd fall out of the chairs and crack their head on the floor Throw food everywhere. They jump out of, the, out of their seat and try to run out the door. 
away from you while you're trying to finish your... They're running out the door of the restaurant. I'm not making any of this up. I lived it with them. I lived it. They'd run around. I, okay, so we went to eat. Some friends of ours said, oh, you got to go down to the airport. There was a, um, a restaurant down by St. Louis Airport. It was in an industrial place. You took the, the airport road exit, and it was a pretty swanky place. And lo and behold, Marcus got out of his high chair and took off running, and I chased him almost halfway through the kitchen. And I'm telling you the truth. Truth. Yeah. But enjoy your life now. You got health in your body. You can still get around. You're not in a nursing home. Amen. Come on, you're not in a nursing home. You can still walk, you can still talk, you can still brush your teeth. God wants you to enjoy life now. How about having an attitude of gratitude? How about being thankful? I'm thankful, Lord. Say, Pastor, I, I fight depression. If you, if you start thanking the Lord, you might realize you're more blessed than you thought. Come on now. I'm so thankful that we have the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, living in each and every one of us. The, the Holy Ghost is our helper, okay? He's our helper. He gives us supernatural strength and anointing to live. This is just an ordinary day-to-day life. It's just, I mean, it's pretty well the same thing every day. Isn't it? You get up, you go to go to work, you go to school, you, go to, you got to go to Aldi's, you got to go to Walmart, you got to go to the drugstore. It's, it's pretty well ordinary. But God gives us supernatural joy. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, He gives us joy to enjoy this journey. And if we have that joy, then we have thankfulness. And God loves a thankful heart. And we're thankful because we're recognizing Him and we're keeping Him first. Nehemiah 8.10, everybody should know this one. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be you sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10, the Amplified says it like this, do and be not grieved and depressed. How about that? Don't be depressed. Don't be grieved. Don't be sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. You've got to get the joy in there. Now, what's the devil think about the joy? Joy is this. What, why, why is joy so? Why? Why joy? Get happiness in your heart. Joy. Why joy? It's not about entertaining yourself all the time. You know, you know some people have to be entertained all the time. Joy is not that. Joy is not getting your way all the time. Joy is not just laughing all the time. You ever try to talk to somebody that's laughing all the time? They're just laughing. They're not paying any attention. They're just laughing. That's not what joy is. Joy can be extremely extreme hilarity or calm delight and everything in between. Okay? Now, a more serious person can, by nature, enjoy that so-called calm delight state of joy. You're just peaceful, you're content, you're satisfied, joyful. A good belly laugh is sometimes what's needed, though. You ever had a belly laugh? Belly laughs are good. Belly laughs do do more than you think. They're medicine for your heart. 
Laughing is medicine for your heart. If you have a lot of stress in your life, start laughing. If you got a lot of sadness in your life, start laughing. Because laughter is medicine for your soul. That's what the Word says. Proverbs 17, 22. A happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. How about that? Laugh. Stop being so serious. I'm going to say that, I'm just going to throw this out. I'm not talking to anybody in this room, okay? None of us are really that important. We're not really that important that if something doesn't go right, the whole world has to shut down. Happy heart is good medicine, and cheerful mind works healing. There's studies been made that show laughter has some exciting benefits. Laughter causes the release of endorphins, a chemical in the body that relieves pain and creates a sense of well-being. All right. It can raise your energy level, relieve tension, and change your attitude. It increases ant- antibodies and strengthens your immune system. You ever met somebody that's so serious all the time? A lot of them are sick all the time. You know why? Because they're not getting their immune system strengthened by laughing. We came across some people in our lives years ago, Amy and I, and they were the funniest people to be around. They were great. They were great to be around. They laughed all the time. And finally we said, why, do you do, why are you guys laughing all the time? They said, if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. So we figured laughing is a lot better than crying. So we laughed. And you know what? A lot of problems disappear when you start laughing because that medicine in the soul is getting down to that heart. A good belly laugh, watches this, causes you to inhale more oxygen and stimulates your heart and blood circulation. It's like an eternal, internal aerobic exercise. Have you ever had a good belly laugh? All right, now I've had a few in my life. Okay? I still have a belly laugh over ginger. All right? Ginger, when my mom, she called my mom. You remember that story? I tell that story? She calls my mom after my dad dies. My mom can't hear on the phone. Ginger's frequency of her voice, she couldn't hear it anyway. Okay? So Ginger is real sensitive. (laughs) She's real sensitive. She calls up my mom, and she says, "I, I just love you. I'm just calling to tell you I love you. So my mom says... I don't know who you are, but I love you too. Right? Now, do you know that old people, okay, so as we get older, I don't know, Bernie, if you're this old yet. Do you know old people never say goodbye? Have you ever experienced that? Old people just hang up. Click. Okay? They do. So, some young people. We're not going to mention any names on the young people. They're going to try to change. Oh. So here's Ginger. My mom can't hear. She did hear something about love. 
So, I don't know who you are, but I love you too. Click. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. This has been, you know, eight or nine years ago. And so Ginger calls me up, and she's a train wreck. Now, I felt sorry for her because she's a train wreck until she told me the circumstances because I can see and hear my mom doing that. And when she said that, I called Graham, and she couldn't hear me. I told her, Graham, I love you. And all Graham said was, I don't know who you are. I love you too. Lick. I lost it. That's a belly laugh. I mean, I had some intense aerobic exercises right there. Get some belly laugh in your life. Laugh till you cry. Ever done that? Laugh till you cry. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So, no wonder the devil wants to steal our joy because it gets a, he wants to get us discouraged. He wants to get us depressed. He wants to get us downtrodden. Remember John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we don't have to give in to him and lose our joy. If you keep the joy, God is going to give you strength. Amen? Oh, boy. Okay. I'm almost done. Then you can go home, and it's going to be good. Lighten up. Just lighten up. Relax. Throw your hands in the air. Not even a praise. Yeah, lighten up. Make a decision today to enjoy your life. If you're too serious about everything, lighten up a little bit. It's not that important. It's not, it'll be there tomorrow. It's going to be there tomorrow. It'll be all right. Learn how to laugh at yourself and the things that normally frustrate you. Okay? Did anybody still remember what was on the rooster? Hey, all I could do was laugh. When it went on the screen, my brain said, that is rooster. And the other half of my brain said, yes, it is. And what am I, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Well, it ain't no big deal. Let's just laugh it off. Amen. Huh? I just walked like a rooster. Like That's all you can do. I just had to lighten up. Remember, God loves you, and he always loves you. He knows, he knows how you're put together. He knows your thoughts before you even can think them. He knows them. And some of you think thoughts and think, well, I'm not going to express that to God. He already knows your thoughts. It's the devil that doesn't know your thoughts until you express them. Amen. God, he loves you. He knows everything about you, and he loves you anyway. We all have things in us and about our lives that need to change, but they will really only change if two things. Number one, we abide in Christ. And number two, and we're living with the joy of the Lord in our hearts and in our lives. And as you go for about your day, this is your goal. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Okay? So the next time you want to complain... Look, look, the Lord brought me right here. The next time you want to complain, say, Lord, convict me. Help me to rejoice. The next time you think you got it bad, next time I think I got it bad, start rejoicing. Start changing that. You can change it one, one day at a time, one complaint at a time. Let's all stand. As the joy of the Lord gives you strength,
You'll be able to face problems you have to deal with and enjoy the life that God gave you while you're doing it. The Lord gives you his joy. You can face the problems. Kevin, you wasn't this happy a year and a year ago. It was pretty tough, wasn't it? Me and, me and Kevin, we had a, we'd have a couple meetings up at the hardware store. Every time I had information for Kevin or needed to talk to him, for some reason the Lord put us at the hardware store at the same time. And we sat down there at the glass patio table, and we sat there and talked. The first visit we sat there and talked, and nothing really happened. The second visit we sat down there and talked, and the owner brought us about bottles of water. Walt brought us out bottles of water. He said, you guys need anything else? I said, no, right now. If we do, we'll just text you or give you a call. Maybe you can give us 20 pounds of grass seed and, you know, a spreader. But I found one thing, that if, no matter what you're going through, if you give the joy of the Lord, you get it active in your life, God's going to give you the strength to overcome. Amen? He's going to do it. So, let's laugh, let's love, and let's live. Let's start out like that. I'm not just trying to change that, you know. I know it's probably copyrighted. And whatever that old boy's name was. What was his name? Something. Yeah, Clay Walker. I had to look him up. I don't know who Clay Walker is. I mean, somebody said, how many movies do you watch, Pastor? Not very many. You know? Toy Story. Amen. So, let's laugh, love, and let's live. Amen. Live victorious. God's got something good for you. Enjoy this journey. Huh? Is that in the bathroom? I hardly ever go in that bathroom, see? See, now I don't even know. I don't even know what's around here. I'm still, yeah. So enjoy life. Enjoy life. I hope this helps somebody. I hope it helped you tonight. Go back and watch it. Again, if you need to, share it with somebody. Uh, it was pretty interesting. I'm closing. with I'm done. It was pretty interesting. I made a statement about people just staying at home watching service on the Internet, right, when God put the system of the church in. Well, one of our family friends who lives up in Maine said, oh, my, I'm watching on the Internet. I wasn't meaning people that, like, were 13 million miles from us. I was talking about people that 12 miles. You know? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, well, let's keep our community in our prayers. Let's keep the church in your prayers. Amen. Uh, Catherine, like I said, is going to have to have surgery, so they're going to have to test her for, for the corona, you know, all of that. So we just want to walk in joy, but we also want to have presence of the Lord active in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time together tonight. I thank you for your word. I pray that your word tonight, God, will settle on good ground. I pray that it will take root and it will begin to grow and and produce fruit in our lives. Help us all to be thankful. Help us all to be grateful. And Lord, I believe many of us are. But I also pray that God help us to get the joy of your spirit, the joy of the Lord in our lives. Because if we have that joy in our lives, God, 
then that's going to give us strength to, to go through any day. Give us laughter. Give us laughter in our hearts and laughter in our minds and souls. Give us laughter, Lord, with our families. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our natural families. Thank you for our church family. Just bind us together and draw us closer. God, we pray for those in need tonight of healing. We pray for those who are going into the hospital. Just ask you to do your will, strengthen us, help this church to flourish, Lord, in this end time and grow. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. Amen. Thank you again. We'll see you, if not at Food Pantry, we'll see you at Saturday.